Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name's Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. The nights are drawing in here in the northwest of England. It's quite cool in Lancashire at the moment. So as I'm curled up with a warm quilt and a cup of tea, I thought I'd share some paranormal tales from the British Isles with you. Over the moor, from home is the beautiful county of Yorkshire and the reports I'm sharing tonight were requested by a BBR listener, Bill Jamieson, who lives in Denbydale, Yorkshire. Now, the history of paranormal reports in the area goes back as far as time itself. One report that's always caught my interest takes place on a lonely farm. It was over 200 years ago when it happened in the fields of Havaray Park near Ripley, and it was featured in the Leeds Mercury newspaper on the 18th of July, 1812. The report said, On Sunday the evening on the 28th, between 7 and 8 o'clock, Anthony Jackson, a local farmer, aged 45 years, and Martin Turner, the son of William Turner, aged 15 years, were engaged in inspecting their cattle on Haveray Park near Ripley, which is part of the estate of Sir John Ingleby Bart. The men were suddenly surprised by a most extraordinary apparition in the park. Martin Turner, whose attention was first drawn to this spectacle, said, Look, Anthony, what a quantity of beasts. But what they saw were not beasts. Farmer Anthony Jackson proclaimed, Lord bless us, they are not beasts, they are men. What William and Anthony were witnessing as they stood inspecting their cattle were a ghostly army of soldiers dressed in white military uniforms. Standing in the centre of them was a person of command who was clothed in all scarlet. The army of ghosts then began to march in perfect order to the summit of the hill, passing William and Anthony by about a hundred yards. And then, no sooner had the first platoon passed, which seemed to consist of several hundreds of men, at least four deep, climbed the hill. Then another assemblage of men, far more numerous than the first, They were dressed in dark coloured clothes and they arose and they marched without any apparent hostility after the military spectres. Both sets of soldiers then started marching away when at that very moment a volume of smoke spread across the plain and it was so thick, so impervious that William and Anthony lost sight of their cattle for at least two minutes and when the smoke cleared the ghostly armies had vanished. No doubt both men were highly confused, if not shaken up at the sight before them. I think that's understandable for most folk. 
ghostly armies and not your normal run-of-the-mill ghosts. I wanted to see if I had any reports close to where the army passed and I wasn't disappointed. The ghostly hound of Harlow Hill. A spectral wolf known as the Harlow Hound is said to still haunt Harlow Hill. The wild wolf that looks like a Great Dane cross is said to have run free on the hill, worrying sheep and frightening farmers. Or there's a strange case of the panel dog weasel that happened in the 2000s. This report was made by a young lady on behalf of her boyfriend. And she said, My boyfriend Matthew Lund keeps telling me about a ghost he saw when he was much younger when we lived in Panel. He said it was hard to describe the creature exactly. He finds it hard to explain what he saw. But it looked like half a dog and half a weasel. And I found that interesting. Now the region's a hotbed for paranormal activity with ghost stories left, right and centre from the headless phantom that terrorises Scarborough Castle to the ghostly monk that haunts the ruins of Bolton Abbey and all manner of spooky spectres. And of course, no British haunting would be complete without a lady in grey that haunts the halls where she once lived. One of the most haunted buildings in Yorkshire, it is claimed, is East Riddlesden Hall. The hall is a 17th century manor house and it's filled with supernatural activity. It's said that many a ghost roams the building, with sightings of everything from ghoulish children to spirit animals over the years. But the most frequent visitor is the Grey Lady. During the Civil War, her husband, the Lord of the Manor, returned home to find that she'd been having an affair. Seething with anger, he murdered her lover and sealed the Grey Lady behind a brick wall. Today, her spirit is said to roam the corridors in search of her lost lover. There have been ghostly sightings of her in what's now called the Grey Lady's Chamber. Staff have often felt an unnerving presence here and children have questioned who the lady in the corner of the room is when no one else is there. I reached out to the hotel via the National Trust email but sadly I never received a message back. So sadly that was the end of that investigation. I would like to visit the hall though. Now, I worked on a paranormal case in Whitby in 2020, and I think you might find it of interest. I was contacted by a witness who had a number of paranormal experiences in the area when they were younger, and their first experience took place at St Mary's Church, and that's quite a famous church in um, Yorkshire. The Church of St Mary is an Anglican church, and it's in Whitby, um, North Yorkshire, and it was founded around 1100 AD. It's situated on the town's East Cliff and it overlooks the mouth of the River Esk at the estuary there. I was contacted by a witness in October of 2020 who had a very strange experience at the church a number of years ago. Now, there are numerous tombstones in the church's grounds. Many of them are weathered by the elements and they date back several centuries. Normally ordinary folk, sailors and fishermen all have their resting place at St Mary's. And its location is at the top of 199 steps. And that means it was quite an effort to carry a coffin up there. And they did place some benches along the way to make it easier. But if you were from the wealthy families, you could use a horse and carriage to go up the track parallel to the steps. Some of the gravestones are marked with skull and crossbones. And there are many theories on who is buried within them. Some people believe one could be the grave of Dracula. But we know for a fact that there is no record of Count Dracula ever being buried in St Mary's Churchyard. 
Vlad Tepes, a 15th century prince, was who the character of Dracula was based on. And he's buried in his hometown of Transylvania um, near Lake Snargoff. Dracula means the son of the dragon. And Tepes was known for his cruelty, which included torturing and impaling enemies on stakes. Some people feel that the graves with the skull and crossbones are pirate graves, as well as the suggestion that the skull and crossbones were a warning to grave robbers that those buried there had the plague. The most common belief is that they were Freemasons. Documented in the book Foul Deeds and Suspicious Deaths on the Yorkshire Coast, there is also the suggestion that the graves belong to two men who were shot by French privateers. But again, there's no evidence it can fully prove who these graves belong to, unless you know different. Now let's hear from the witness themselves while they explain what happened in the churchyard that night. My experience occurred in early 1989 in St Mary's graveyard on the East Cliff. I was there with a group of friends. We were all around 15 years of age at the time. I remember there were about eight of us all together that night. There was no alcohol or drugs involved at any point. As a group, we were on our way up the 199 steps when we got about halfway. We could see a white cat sitting there and I went up to stroke it, but it hissed fiercely at me. So I took the hint and I left it alone. We continued upwards past our furry little omen. At the top of the steps, we split into two groups. One group hid while the other group searched, a sort of hide and seek game. When we'd been playing for around 30 minutes, there was only one friend left to find. Myself and a mate were looking together on the seaward facing wall of the church. I stepped over a laid down gravestone. I caught my foot on it and it made me trip over. When I regained my feet and stood up, I first noticed what we thought was our missing friend. And they were crouched down in a ball about 70 yards away from us. And we could make out just a crouched black shape. We walked towards the dark shape, talking to each other and not paying the shape any mind. That was until we were about five or six feet away. When we both stopped and turned to look at it, it changed shape. It morphed, perhaps. Whatever you'd call it, it animated into the archetypal death figure-like shape, minus the size, thank God. The figure was well over six feet tall, and he was made of pure darkness, an absolute void. It seemed to be made of antimatter, as no light was reflecting off it. Even though it was nighttime, there is a lamppost at the end. Leftovers... Or the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the graveyard near the boundary wall. And there are lights highlighting the church. 
and also the lights from the arcade across the harbour far below. None of the ambient light touched his dark raiment. Obviously, in less than half a second, me and my friends had turned tail and scarpered along the cliff back towards the church. When all of our friends were gathered, including our mate who we were all looking for, we just told what had happened. We quickly told him and we stood away from the church to get a better look along that cliff path. And our dark companion had halved the gap between us at that point. It had moved from where me and my mate had our first encounter. That was maybe a hundred yards from where we were standing. Now all of our friends got a good look at it as it was only about 50 yards away at this point. We turned in unison and ran down the 199 steps as fast as we could and we ran off home. My mum spoke about this with one of the guys who was conducting the ghost walks for tourists in the town and she knew him on a more friendly basis so she explained what had happened and asked if he knew what we'd all seen that night. He said this thing is known as the Graveyard Guardian and he's supposedly the first person that was ever interred there. Apparently, it's a fairly common apparition, at least as common for it to be regarded as such. I had a friend whose dad and uncle saw it, and their dog died as a result from the shock. One local tale says the widows and families of the lost souls who died at sea and were buried in the church would often find that the graves would be visited on the third night of their burial by the bar guest coach. Witnesses to this haunting sight have said the coach is pulled by headless horses and the passengers on the coach are the skeletal remains of sailors who come to pay their respect to the deceased seamen. After souls of the dead sailor is aboard the bar guest coach, the coach sets off again, riding through the graveyard and then driving off into the darkness towards the sea. The graveyard can be an eerie place at night. Would you wander up the 199 steps and risk catching sight of the bar guest coach or the spectre of death as he crouches in the graveyard? I kind of suspect that you might. Our witness in this case had an earlier experience at Bagdale Hall, which is just a short walk away from St Mary's Church, and known for the paranormal capers that go on there. One, the witness said, I had an experience in Bagdale Hall with my older brother when I was around three or four and he was four or five. We were born 17 months apart. Our dad knew the owner of the hall at the time, so we would visit there on occasion. On one visit, we were exploring around the house and we got to the stairwell and we were greeted by a floating bluish-white stair that came from the top landing and began to float down the stairs towards us. It was about the size of a football and it came down the first part of the 90-degree stairwell and as we stood at the bottom watching it, it then stopped and it went back up. I wanted to follow it, but my brother, being the elder of us, didn't want to. And I wasn't going to go by myself. The sphere went back up the landing. It floated off, out of sight. I wish I'd had the courage to follow it without my brother, but I was only three or four. One couple from the Midlands were staying at the hall when they reported their strange experience to the lady at the reception desk. And they were a little shocked when she replied that it's quite normal for people to see ghosts at the hall. Here's what the couple had to say. The Victorian ghost of Bagdale Hall, September 2004. My partner and I decided to stay at Bagdale Hall in Whitby. We often pass the hotel and every time we visit, we say we'll stay there one time. On entering the hotel, one can sense the feeling of the years of history. 
Once checked in, we were shown to our room, which was absolutely beautiful and huge. It had a large four-poster bed and a fireplace that one could hold a dinner party in. It was that big. As I walked past the fireplace and an armchair, I had the sudden someone walked over my grave feeling, that shudder. My partner and I went downstairs to have a nosy around and the receptionist asked if everything was okay. I happened to say, you're not going to tell me that there's a ghost in that room, are you? And she looked at me and asked why I'd asked that. When I explained about the cold feel in the room and I told her that I wasn't afraid of it, just curious, she said that yes, there had been reports of a Victorian lady. She also went on to explain that the ladies often seen in the exact area that I heard my feeling of someone walking over my grave. On returning to the hotel that evening, my partner and I definitely felt the presence of something. And although I hate to admit it, we slept with the light on that night. I will, however, assure future visitors to this room. I'm sure she was friendly, as nothing strange or startling happened and we awoke safe and sound. There is a wide variety of spirit activity reported at Bagdale Hall. I contacted the hall via email and I asked about any ghostly apparitions that had been reported and the owner explained he felt most of the activity was just Brown Bushel the pirate making his rounds at the hotel. Now, Brown Bushel a former owner of Bagdale Hall. He was a naval officer during the years of the English Civil War. He was tried as a pirate for switching sides during the conflict. His ghost, he said, to still walk the halls of his beloved home. Bushel has been mostly witnessed walking up and down the staircase of the hall. A number of times the sound of his heavy military boots have been heard in the rooms and the hallways. Bushel has also been known to awaken guests by appearing at their bedside. When they attempt to inquire why he's disturbed them, he slowly fades away. One of the strangest reports is that of a peculiar black amorphous mass that's been seen gliding up and down the stairs and rarely interacts with people. I wondered if this was the same staircase as the one our young witness saw the bluish-white sphere descend and then return up the stairs. Could the black amorphous shape be what the children seen in the churchyard? I don't know. A number of guests and staff have reported lights being on in empty rooms, even after they've been turned off. Housekeepers have reported hearing the unmistakable sound of disembodied voices that are having conversations. And lastly, the unnerving sound of an infant screaming in anguish has been heard in the room on the second floor. So if you're looking for a spooky holiday destination, I suggest to stay in Whitby or in Scarborough, as that's well known for its paranormal encounters. And don't forget the werewolves of the wold. Now, several years ago, I received a report from a gentleman who grew up in another part of Yorkshire and had a strange experience on his family property. The witness said, This is the first time I've ever told this story to anyone, but it's been killing me to find someone I can share it with. The event was from maybe around 35 years ago. I grew up in West Yorkshire, boarding Bradford and Leeds, about 15 minutes by car to Wakefield. And at the time, the area was all fields and woodlands. We lived next door to my grandparents. I spent a lot of time with my granddad, who I now believe knew far more than he told me about back then. The fields at the back of the house were unkempt and the grass was high. My granddad would say, let's follow the Indian tracks, because every day the grass would be flattened down and the tracks would lead into the woods. 
I believe we were cowboys following the Indians at the time, as I was so young. Also on a night when screams would come from the woods, my granddad told me it was a banshee that lived in the woods and never to go in there at night. And then one day, I was playing football alone in the communal yard using two coal sheds as goals. I looked up, and in the tree above the shed, I saw what I believed to be a small monkey, and it was watching me. I froze for maybe five seconds, and ran straight into the house and told my mum. Mum went out, but nothing was there. And I was then told not to be silly, and it must have been a cat in the tree. It wasn't a cat. I was shaken. I didn't go out for days after I saw it. In time, all the activity stopped and the fields and the woods became industrial estates and a bypass connecting Bradford to Wakefield and Manchester was built. That's the first time I've told anyone what happened in all of my life. I think it must have been incredibly hard to share that encounter, especially if you've kept it to yourself for all those years. I'd like to tell you a personal encounter that happened to my parents and it happened at Stockbridge Bypass. Both of my parents were travelling on holiday from Manchester going to Yorkshire, probably 30 years or more ago now. My mum was driving and dad was in the passenger seat as he'd recently been in hospital with a heart attack and he suffered from angina. Dad was resting and mum had done most of the driving herself. My mum remembers starting to feel tired decided to pull up into a lay-by and have a rest. Driving along, she couldn't find anywhere that she could pull into or turn off. So she opened the window wide so that the cold air would come in and keep her awake. And she was about to put the radio on when a voice from the back seat loudly told her to look out. And as she looked at the road, she saw the ghost of an old sailor, complete with bell bottoms and a cap. She swerved to miss him and she realised she'd nearly driven off the road. Thinking she'd nodded off and dreamed this, she looked at Dad and realised that he too had seen it. My dad described seeing an old-fashioned sailor that appeared on the road. The warning voice and the sailor were clearly not of this world, but both of my parents feel that they were saved from certain death that day. Swerving to avoid the sailor took the car away from the edge. The voice was clear as day and Mummy's certain it was a warning voice. Many years later, when I started my paranormal career, I looked up Stockbridge Bypass due to a case that I was working on at the time. And my dad had passed on now, but he used to love the work that I do. And when I'd speak to him, you know, on the phone, I'd go and visit, he'd ask me if I had any new cases and I'd tell him the reports that had come in. And he'd instantly tell me what river that area was on. And he was always correct, he was never wrong. Growing up, we were poor. My parents worked three jobs each. But at every opportunity, they would pile us into that van and off we'd go exploring. I used to take those visits for granted. Now I realise we were experienced rich. We might not have had two pennies to rub together, but we explored every nook and cranny in the UK. I played in every woodland, swam in most of the rivers. Sharing tonight's reports brought back a lot of good memories for me. One day I was chatting with my dad at my house and I was showing him the map that I'd made of cryptid reports. Back then it was pretty empty and the cases were few and far between. I was talking about a private case I was working on close to the Peak District and I'd showed dad the area on my map and that's when dad told me the story that happened to him and mum that day on the Stocksby Bypass. I'd heard the story before but usually with half an ear but I tuned in that day as I realised, my parents' report was far scarier than I at first realised. 
For some context, the Stocksbridge Bypass was a new road and it was built across the Peak District and it helped connect the M1 with the Woodhead Pass and the A1616. Once the building work started, then came the reports of unusual occurrences and the road soon became really famous for its paranormal activity. During the time the road was under construction, it was reported that two security guards witnessed young children playing in the middle of the construction site. And as they got closer, the children began to disappear. There was no footprint evidence left behind. Over the years, some motorists have even claimed to have had ghostly apparitions appear in the car next to them while they'd been driving on the killer road. So named because it's an accident black spot with a high number of fatalities in recent years. The ghostly sightings on the Killer Road have been sending shivers down the spines of drivers for three decades or more. And that terrifying stretch between the Peak District and Sheffield has been named the second most haunted road in the UK. Almost immediately after construction began, workers complained of eerie sights and sound that just defied rational thought. Some of the workers reported hearing the giggling voices of children or children singing and they'd seen them playing in the field where no child should be. On a number of occasions, construction work had to be halted when equipment inexplicably ceased to operate properly. Sometimes not at all. And broken equipment wasn't the only thing that caused the construction to slow down. Workers were so scared, they walked off the job, never to return. Regardless of what time of day it was, the ghosts of the construction site were always busy. Nevertheless, one night in particular turned up the horror and two unsuspecting security guards were treated to an experience that they would never forget. On a late night in 1987, the two security guards were patrolling the construction site when they caught a glimpse of something out of the ordinary. They saw several children dressed in Victorian clothing. The children were laughing and playing in the field where the workers reported a similar incident just a few weeks before. When the two guards rushed to question the children, they simply vanished, leaving the guards in stunned silence. They checked the area for any signs of the children, but they were unable to find even as much as a footprint. And as they stood in the field, mystified by what they were experiencing, they became intensely aware that they were being watched. Looking towards the newly constructed Pieroid Bridge, a terrifying sight met their eyes. Standing silently on the bridge, looking down at them, was the shadowy figure of a large man in a black robe and hood. His probing, malevolent eyes seemingly staring directly into their souls caught a visceral feeling of fear. When the guards regained their senses, they jumped into the car and drove to the bridge, never taking their eyes off the strange man. When the security guards pulled up behind him, their fear returned because they realised that their lights had passed straight through the heavy black robe that the figure was wearing. The hooded figure vanished and the guards fled in terror. When they returned to the office, they were met by their supervisor, who could tell that the two guards were shaken to the core. Upon hearing their story and it sounded like something out of a spine-chilling horror film, the supervisor called the police. Two police officers were dispatched to the worksite to look into this matter. And they had no doubt that the guards had seen something, but they felt that ghosts would be a little absurd. The scepticism would soon come crashing down around them. Driving out to the site, 
The two police officers turned their car off and sat in the dark in silence, hoping to at least see something. They were not disappointed. After a couple of hours, one officer broke the silence with a blood-curdling scream. His partner snapped his head around to see the torso of a man pressed up against the window. The officer jumped out of the car to apprehend what he thought was someone playing a joke. But when he came around the front of the car, the figure had vanished. It was nowhere to be seen. The two officers were suddenly overcome with an intense feeling of dread and frightening sounds began to fill the once quiet night air. The police crew were completely shaken up and confused by what they'd experienced. They began to slowly drive off when something started banging and hammering down extremely hard on the outside of the car. When the battering eventually stopped, the officers inspected the car and found that there was no damage whatsoever. They also did not see anyone present throughout this event, and there was no explanation for the cause of the banging. The officers struggled to recall the evening to their friends and colleagues. They were extremely traumatised by what they'd experienced that night. Their story made headline news in the local paper, and it wouldn't be the last time that the road was acknowledged for its haunted activities. Since that night in 1987, construction of the bypass has come to an end, but the horror stories continue. Several eyewitnesses came forward with similar reports of ghostly activity along the bypass. Travellers have reported seeing spectral children playing in the field, as well as a phantom monk walking along the road, his head bowed in silent prayer. One couple in 1997 feared they ran a pedestrian over when he suddenly appeared in front of their car. When they got out to investigate, he was gone. They found nothing. No injured person was anywhere to be found. Now, statistically, Stocksbury Bypass has the worst record of automobile accidents in the country. While reporting incidents, drivers stated that someone suddenly appeared before their cars, causing them to lose control. A little bit like my parents, only the other way around. One local man made this report in 1999. He said, about four years ago, myself and a group of friends were on our way back from a party. We were walking, so we stopped to rest our legs at the Stotchbridge Leisure Centre. My friend set back off before me, and I just sat and chilled out some more. And as I was sitting there, I heard a little girl's voice, and she was saying, Help me, please. And at first, I thought I was just hearing things. But I looked up at the window, and I saw a little girl with wet brown hair shouting help through the window. I ran off back to my friends who said I was as white as a sheet. I told them about the girl and they came back to look, but there was nothing there. The next day, I went to the leisure centre and I asked the receptionist and they said that when the centre first opened, a young girl had drowned in the pool. She was about seven years old. I have never been able to look at that window in the building ever since. I'm scared. I may see her again. Another local resident whose name is Ron Ward shared his experience before the bypass was built. He said, One afternoon, myself and my mate were out there on our push bikes, and all of a sudden, I got this strange feeling that something wasn't right. The next thing, my mate Derek sets off on his bike. I set off after him, and we must have gone a good couple of miles before I caught up with him. And when I asked him what happened, he said he didn't know, but something wasn't right, and he wanted to get away from there. I never mentioned that I felt the same. We never went there again. 
Louise Payton shared her experience about the bypass. She said, I've been on that bypass and I've seen this with my own eyes. I even witnessed a car crash and the bloke driving said he'd swerved to miss someone who was standing in the road. But when he looked, there was no one there. Peter Cooper said, I saw the monk twice before the bypass was built. Once on the Bradfield Road near the ticket office at Damflas Reservoir and the other time I was on a lane over High Bradfield and both times that I saw him, the monk turned towards us but there wasn't any face, just a black space in the hood. I was with someone else both times and they saw the same figure. Now, no doubt many of you out there have your own personal experiences on the bypass and I would love to hear about that experience. I have a feeling there are far more witnesses out there who have not yet shared their paranormal experiences with the public. Tonight's reports were chosen by Bill Jameson, who lives in the Yorkshire area. And if you would like me to share reports from your area of the world, just let me know by commenting below or by using my email that's listed in the description. Or if there's a topic you might like me to discuss, I'm more than happy to do that. As the winter nights are rolling back in, I will start the live feeds up. I'm just waiting to move house and as soon as I do that, I will start up the live feeds again for everybody. I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. I will be back at the same time next week with yet more tales of the unexplained from my personal investigation files. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Good night, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.